Cause we got the alternative energy Unmicular free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network This week, we're tuning into the hottest topic around radioactive waste. Six sites across Australia are on the federal government's shortlist for a national radioactive waste dump, and the communities at all of them are fired up. They don't want to become famous as the host with the most poisonous and long-lived waste this country produces. It's a mess. At the same time as the government is pursuing a process to find a national intermediate and low-level radioactive waste dump site, the South Australian government has been holding a Royal Commission looking at options for nuclear expansion in that state. Their tentative findings say, lo and behold, that importing international high-level radioactive waste may just be the next best thing for creating industry, jobs and a reputation boost for the radioactive state. So where does that leave the six communities? They've become activists overnight and are loud and clear in their rejection of the national waste dump especially if it feels like a foot in the door for an international high-level dump. On the 1st of March this year, representatives from all six sites travelled from South Australia, New South Wales, Queensland and the Northern Territory to converge at Parliament House in Canberra. Although they'd never met before... They formed a united front on Capitol Hill, bringing all their stories to a press conference and pursuing the minister responsible for the dump, Josh Frydenberg, who refused to meet them personally. On this week's Radioactive Show, we'll hear a special podcast produced by Merritt MacDonald and Hilary Tyler from Alice Springs. They travelled 10,000 kilometres to visit all six proposed dump sites. Before we take the grand tour with Hilary and Merritt, let's hear a snippet from a conversation I had last week with Regina McKenzie, Adnamatna woman from Yapala Station, next to the Wallabadina Bandiyuta site that's shortlisted for the dump. She took us out to a gorgeous natural spring, an oasis in the desert at the foot of the Flinders Ranges. It sits in the middle of the nominated property. I asked her what the mood is in the local town Hawker. Oh, there are some people that say that they'd like the jobs. They keep going on about the jobs. Um, but I know the pastors that, that border Wallabadina don't want. They've sit in their submissions to them, thinking what, what they've called on it. So, uh, the pastors don't want it. Also, like, Codabin is, like, you've got Wallabidin, then you've got Codabin, which is our property as well. We've actually run our cows there, um, and we've got a fear of, they put a nuclear waste dump in at Wallabidina, how, how would it affect our cows at market? And this is also for the other Australian, how would it affect the cows and the sales and market? Um, it will actually affect us in a big way where that's how we pay our rates. So it, it, they're taking a big gamble for us. It's a big gamble. I'll fight it with all every... Um, the only way I'll stop fighting is if I die. I won't stop fighting. It's something that... I, I love the Yapa, I love the story and I love my my belief system. And that's what it is, it's a, it's an attack on our our belief system. We um Aboriginal people since colonisation we we've struggled trying to survive a new world 
and we're holding on to what we have of our, our culture heritage. And we've been stripped of so much, you know, at least leave us to have, to pass this on to our, um, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. We want some legacy of our culture to be saved. It's another form of assimilation. Assimilation to us is a dirty word. They're trying, no matter how they all think, we, we, we can't change. We, the, we're part of the land. We don't own the land, and land owns us. And when they hurt the land, they're already hurting us. And it's, it's really emotional for, for us to go out there and see where they want to put in a, a dump site. What do you want to see for your country instead? What I want to see with my country is, and this is part of the storylines, we want, we want non-Aboriginal people to understand how we look at the, the landscape, how we, how we view it. And the storylines are the best way to do it because I believe the murder is our past, our present and our future. We had our past with our old people and we've come into the present of now which we have non-Aboriginal people which is part, now part of our murder. And I'd like, I'd like the Australian people to look at our belief system and respect that. And some, some of them, I'd love to see them embrace the storylines and embrace it for, as their own. And, and there's so much that you could do with culture, storyline tours. You can, do, you can create so much work out of culture. And the best way to do it is they talk about bridging the gap. Working with Aboriginal people in our culture and in our storyline is the best way to bridge the gap. Hi, you're listening to Hillary and Merritt. Having been involved in Alice Springs in the campaign to stop one of the proposed nuclear waste dumps 70 kilometres south of town, we decided to go on a road trip to visit all six of the sites. This podcast has interviews with community members across Australia fighting the imposition of a dump in their communities. We made this podcast on Aranda, Adnamatna, Bangala, Kokatha, Warangu, Wurundjeri, and Gomoroi countries, where sovereignty has never been ceded. Enjoy! And be alarmed. We first heard about the new proposed nuclear waste dump sitting in the studio at ACCC Community Radio, Alice Springs. After being knocked back at Muckety, the government is again trying to find a site to build a national radioactive waste dump below an intermediate level waste. Although their eyes are still on the prize of becoming an international waste repository. There are six sites proposed across the country. Three in South Australia at Kimber and in the Flinders. One in Queensland near the border at Omanama one in New South Wales at Hill End, three hours west of Sydney, and one only 70 k's from Alice Springs. We were shocked at the announcement. Only a year and a half since Muckety was saved, the fight had begun again. Then we had heard the straw arguments of a waste dump being essential for nuclear medicine, with patronising assurances of safety. Will we again witness this process of bullying communities to take responsibility for the nuclear industry's failures? There is no permanent waste dump in the world that holds high-level waste, and the only permanent intermediate-level waste repository in the world is still shut down after a recent accident involving human error. Nor is the Anstow-Lucas Heights nuclear reactor in Sydney essential for producing nuclear medicine. 
Canada is switching to non-reactor modes of production. The use of the nuclear medicine argument is false and manipulative. Assurances of safety are without foundation as they are refuted by the numerous examples of leakage and contamination globally. When they stop producing nuclear waste, then we can all sit down and talk. Until then, it is not our responsibility to find a solution for the irresponsibilities of the industry. That night at HFC Radio, playing with a spaghetti of microphones, aux cords and hard drives, I jumped on air and played the audio from the recent Australian Nuclear Free Alliance meeting. Here Nat Wesley talks about how we have successfully fought previous attempts to put a radioactive waste dump at Cooper Pedy in South Australia with the Kunga Judas and at Makati in the Northern Territory. Yeah. So that's 20 years of government searching and 20 years of us building our networks. So over that time, as well as strengthening our community networks, we've also reached out and made really good links with health professionals, with trade unions, with students, with some journalists and the general public. So I just want to put that to one side, but remember, those networks are still there and active. So we keep, need to keep activating those networks and building on them, because we're never starting fresh. Okay? And when the waste dump in the Northern Territory was announced, the Kungas came up to Alice Springs with the book to show that Talking Straight Out book, and that immediately gave you know, a jump start to the campaign in the Northern Territory, and people there knew that they weren't starting from scratch. The fight for Makati took seven years, with a broad community involvement. The government eventually withdrew during a court challenge, where traditional owners were contesting the validity of the nomination. Unlike Makati, in this latest round, freehold landowners have nominated their land for a price. None of the sites have native title claims or determinations. Seemingly, the government is trying to sidestep the mix of legal challenges, community resistance and Aboriginal custodianship that has stymied their previous attempts. The next day after we heard about all of this, a few of us jumped in Tully's Road Warrior Ute and travelled down the dirt highway of the Old South Road that leads to Tichikala, kicking up the red dust. 70 kilometres south, nestled against the ancient James Mountain Range, is a proposed site at Arid Gold Date Farm. Tim McClem has been trying to sell his farm for several years. He leaned against the gate and told us that he would be happy with four times his asking price for the property that the government has promised any successful applicant. Tim's neighbours, the Lerossignols, only heard about the proposal while listening to the radio. Their homeland and organic olive grove abuts Tim's date farm, and they'd had no consultation. We saw the property with Aaron, a champion stuntman and drover. He talked of country and showed us the creeks and floodplains that run through the date farm and Deepwell Station, two major aquifers, the Marini and Pakuda, that feed Alice Springs and the Central Desert, meet here below the ground, and rains run off the ancient range. This here, like where you can see down here where it's all washed out, this was actually a, a road going down the old fence line. You see the new fence is just over that side now. This is actually a road turned into a creek. So just the amount of water that comes through is unreal. Later, when we had the public meeting, other members of the Lerossignol family talked about their connection to country. I'm here to talk about our country, to speak for our country. And by doing such, I'm speaking for my family, my culture and our history. I belong to the Kenny family. Um, the proposed site is 
on the border of our traditional country, um, and that is our country through my grandfather. Our ancestors lived on this country and cared for it, for it since the beginning. They passed survival skills and knowledge from generation to generation. Knowledge that we still use, knowledge that confirms our connection to this place. We still live on country, we still use country for food and medicine, and we still care for and protect our country. It's not just dirt to us, guys. Um, please say no to this proposed nuclear site. We were really worried about the dump at Arid Gold, here right on our doorstep. The lack of community consultation, the dodgy process, false assurances of safety for a radioactive waste dump built on top of the aquifer's inner floodplain. Community resistance was strong and growing in Alice Springs. But how were other people across Australia responding to the proposal? Were the other places subject to such a fraught, shocky process? Was there opposition? How were communities being affected? We decided to go on a road trip, a grand tour of all six proposed nuclear waste dump sites. We left Alice Springs on December the 14th, passed through Cooper PD and turned off onto the infamous Udnadatta track, driving past the looming storm clouds that two days later made the track impassable. After the inevitable flat tyre, we arrived at Copley, north of the Flinders Ranges. Leslie Colthard is an Adnamutna woman who lives in Copley and has grave concerns for the proposed site at Wallabadina, one of the South Australian sites. She took us under her wing and showed us around town while talking to us about mining, radioactive waste dumps in general, and this site in particular. My name's Leslie Coltard. I'm from Copley, South Australia. I'm an Adnamatna elder, or old enough, old enough, and I am dead set against mining and no waste dump and no more mining. It hurts the land and it hurts the people. It's cruel to see our land getting ripped up just for dollar signs. And I hope all the rest of our tribe and other Aboriginal people will understand what we're going through. Sad. The proposed site on Anyamatya country is where the desert meets the mountains. There, a sacred spring, six and a half k long, unfurls in flocks of emu, galahs, finches, water birds and roos. An oasis with running water, reeds and the clunking of an old windmill. It is inconceivable to us that this magic place could be sacrificed, potentially contaminated, all for a waste dump. My name is um, Regina McKenzie and I live at Yapla Station, right next door to um, Wallabadina. If they were to be silly enough and put a nuclear waste dump in, in Wallabadina, which is near Auckland Water Lowell, or Pungapurana. This will stop us from doing our, our culture stuff as in going out and hunting our, our cultural um, gathering of bush tuckers and just our, our things with the world itself going in there and taking our children in to swim and it's also healing water so we take our children when they're, they're sick to that area. It's culturally inappropriate to go and put it here because of the, all the sites in this area, the areas that it's destined to be put in is mainly women's site, both the Atinyis, which is the Seven Sisters, and the Marukuli sites as well. The Marukuli, which is the thylacine um, dreaming. Vidyangurana is our lawgiver. They're actually going to put things in on our storylines that go down south as well. 
and he's there at Kimber. Um, that's a very important site, even to all Lakes culture groups. I believe that it is not for us to say things of today, but we have to look after this land for people of tomorrow, which is our future grand great-grandchildren and stuff. And we have no rights to go and put things that will damage the earth and make and pass sickness onto them. That's that's not culturally right. This is the Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR in Melbourne on Wurundjeri land and broadcast all across these stolen lands we call Australia on the Community Radio Network. You're tuned into the grand tour of the six shortlisted nuclear dump sites, as told from the road by Hilary Tyler, Merritt MacDonald and all the people they interviewed along the way. Let's get back to it. The history of waste dumps in Australia is a string of unsuccessful attempts to build a repository in remote Aboriginal communities and silence their resistance. But this new phase is white communities targeted too. Kimber is a farming community on the grain belt north of the Eyre Peninsula and it has two of the six proposed sites. Driving from the Flinders to Kimber, we made it just in time to be welcomed by 30 locals at one of their regular organising meetings. On the back veranda, the barbie was cranking the kids running round. They were concerned about community well-being, unsubstantiated claims of the repository's safety and the fragility of farmland that's rainwater dependent. The two sites are on top of hills that would no doubt get run off into neighbouring paddocks. Imposing a waste dump at Kimber would sabotage their farming livelihood. The farmers are outraged at the betrayal by their government and they are outraged by the inability of the government to answer their questions. Here is Tom, a third generation farmer from Kimber. Just saying that um, next time I think that we have meetings or consultations with this group, um, my statement to them will be that if um, you keep talking about world's best practice now, that's all we hear about is you're using world's best practice my argument is that if you're using, if this is the world's best practice, then I think Australia's in a lot of trouble. And further to that, we're renowned as probably the, um, or internationally, us, our farming methods and everything in Australia, we're renowned for being the best dry land farmers in the world. And if you ask us a question about our farming methods, we can give you an answer of what we're going to crop next year, where we're going to crop it, how we're going to do it. But as soon as we ask you one question about your best best practices in the world about nuclear science and stuff, you can't give us any answers. So, i rest my case. They are also distressed by the level of anxiety and mental health issues that have arisen in their community. Tom and Peter took us out to see the sites firsthand and talked to us about these concerns. It's all about the, the process and about the reputation of the agricultural industry here that we're very concerned about. And, the, and at the moment, through all this process, it's the well-being, well-being of the people of our community. The well-being of our town that's is the biggest paramount. concern at the moment. And that has to be considered well in front of money. Yeah. Well in front of money. Yeah. Seeing the distress of the community at Kimber, as well as at Walla Bedina and Alice, made me anxious to see my family, who live only 40 k's from the proposed site at Hilland. We crossed the river systems throughout back New South Wales to reach the Hilland, just west of the Great Dividing Range, driving into cloud and rain. The site is at the edge of steep rocky cliffs where rain cascades into the Turon River below. There we sat at the Hillen pub, 
well loved by so much of the Australian arts community and met with locals. Jodie Carter, a cancer survivor, talked about the ever-present issues of transport, water and lack of transparent process. Here, the so-called community consultations have mandated that people meet individually with six ANSTO representatives to try and prevent collective opposition to the project. We're in Helen, New South Wales. Um, the waste dump is the proposed site is just out of town at Sally's Flat. Um, we're about 80 kilometres from Bathurst. Um, I'm passionate about Hill End. I, I live at Turindale. I don't live in Hill End, but my family are from Hill End. They've been living here through the gold rush and um, through the depression. Um, my grandmother used to live in this house that we're standing at um, and really don't want the waste dump here. It's a site of national significance. Um, we clearly don't want it. We're an unsuitable site. Um, it's very treacherous roads to get into the place. Um, it's owned, the town itself is mostly owned by National Parks and Wildlife Service. Um, and it's a heritage listed um, site. So um, clearly don't want the waste dump. These stories of manipulated government process, the dangers of contamination and creation of community distress were troubling. The stories of resistance were empowering. The final site to visit, Amanama, is just east of Inglewood in southern Queensland. This site sits on Bennett's Gully, which runs directly into the town's drinking supply and thereafter into the Murray-Darling Basin. We met with locals concerned about the water and Gomeroy heritage of the area. Yeah, I'm, I'm Frank Morton. I don't like the, what they're doing to us in Inglewood there with this nuclear waste dump. And I, I reckon it should be put somewhere else because it's right at the top of the, our water system, all the way down, all the way down to South Australia or wherever. And a lot of people will be affected by it if it happens. And it, it mightn't have an accident, but there could be an accident. So it's hoping that it won't go in there and we try fighting against it and we don't want it there. Oh, my name is Ruby Nixon. I'm calling you a person from Katamala, southwest Queensland. My main concern about this nuclear waste dump is not, not to have it there at all. Take it somewhere else. Because I, I'm concerned about our wildlife, I'm concerned about the, the, the river system. We need to protect this for our kids for our grandkids, for our kids of the future. We need them to fish and camp like we did when, when, when we were young. I lived on the river most of the time as growing up, loved it. And I think kids should be able to enjoy that, you know? And that's breaking down our livelihood as well as other, like station owners, they got, they got their livelihood. So I say no to this nuclear waste dump at Amanama. I just hope we all band together and say no. We arrived just in time for the Friends of Amanama's third meeting, which had more than 50 residents attending. Highly organised, they have been writing letters, petitions, painting signage, organising public meetings, and have formally asked to be removed from the process because of their unanimous opposition. Here is some words from Sue Campbell, who's a direct neighbour of the Amanama site. So I'm, I'm Sue Campbell. Um, I'm an immediate neighbour of the Amanama proposed nuclear waste site. I'm on a rural property um, and um, we're a fifth generation family who've been on that property, so it's basically our cultural heritage. 
Um, I'm very alarmed at the idea of, of having a waste dump close by, but I'm really alarmed at the whole process of how the government's gone around choosing the six proposed sites. I think the process is completely flawed and I want them to go back to the drawing board and do it from the bottom up, not from the top down as we're getting at the moment. From a local community perspective, um, I'm a mental health nurse and a, a general nurse as well. I see lots of people, talk to lots of people in our community. And I'm really worried about the, the general angst and the conflict and the suspicion that I note in the community where some people feel as though someone else might be for it or against it. There's been no clarification. So everybody's just left in limbo in this consultation process that we've been told we have to have. So there you have it. All the sites we visited are unsuitable for the many reasons you have heard in the podcast. Water, cultural heritage, transport, mental health, contamination. Nuclear medicines do not need nuclear reactors, and so to use people with cancer as justifying the nuclear industry and thus the need for a waste dump is appalling. What we are seeing is an attempt to guilt trip communities into taking responsibility for the nuclear industry's failures. Ensto's denial of opposition, an attempt to manufacture consent by only privately meeting people is also to be condemned. Their starry-eyed delusions of safety are unfounded. Everyone we met was revolted at the lack of accountability and transparency, and were unified across the sites to stand against this flawed process. Communities are talking to each other and sharing resources, because this is not a NIMBY issue, this is a national issue. We say, no to a waste dump on the road to Tichikala. No to a waste dump at Wallabadina. No to a waste dump at Kimber. No to a waste dump at Hilliand. No to a waste dump at Amanama. No to a waste dump anywhere, anywhere until, until they, they stop producing, producing nuclear waste. The nuclear industry is a dirty industry. It was a privilege to visit such beautiful places and thanks to everyone who helped make it happen. For more information, go to the Beyond Nuclear Initiative website or find us on Facebook. has been the Radioactive Show, produced at 3CR Radio and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. A big thank you to Merritt MacDonald and Hilary Tyler for producing that piece, and thanks also to Regina McKenzie, who you heard earlier in the show. My name is Jem, and the music you've heard on this show is Bombs Aren't Cool by Social Uplift. Get in touch with us by emailing radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook or call up the station on 3 94198377. We'd love to hear from you. We'll go out now with Flying Spiders Over Texas by the Sydney band Cat Gut. Thanks for listening and for a nuclear free future, of course.
outside here is a lot more sneaky than it is in Rwanda or other places around the world. It's one thing white fellas learnt in the last 200 years to be very sneaky about their genocide. You look at the 38 nations that were here before white settlement and then you count up the numbers that are still surviving, still out there doing their business on their country. Well, there's only 25 left, so what happened to the other 13? Let's talk about the Black GST. Genocide to be stopped, sovereignty acknowledged and treaties made. Tune in to Fire First every Wednesday from 11am till 12 midday on 3CR with Robbie Thorpe.